Can't feel my wind. I need my hands. This life is real. Don't take pretend. Ain't the fans. I get it in. I get it in. I get it in. Can't feel my wind. I need my hands. This life is real. Can't play pretend. Came off the fans. I get it in. And welcome to Talking the Great Iron Week 17 recap here. Jimmy, that's the first time I got to do the intro there. Quite the new intro here at Variety Sports Network. Yeah, it leveled up a bit. Yeah, that was quite the intro there. First time I got to do it. So I uh, wasn't sure when it started, but hey, we got it going here. We're week uh, week 17 re uh, recap here. Took last week up for, off for Christmas here. I got Jimmy here with me. I got Terrell for, uh, joining me here. Jimmy, first off, how you doing, my friend? How was, uh, how was Christmas? How was the new year? Holidays were, were good. The Bengals uh, stressed me out, and they're going to stress me out again a little bit later on tonight. But it's been going well. I don't have any many complaints. And I predicted the national championship correctly coming out of the semifinal. TCU versus Georgia. I did predict wow. that. So uh, I'm riding high right now. Yeah, we got, we got, of course, my guy Terrell here. I've been on the few, a few podcasts with Jason over there at 3rd and 3 podcast. Uh, man, so glad to have you on. How you doing? You got? I saw you guys did a podcast earlier this week, recapping Thursday. That was a fun little podcast. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, we doing all right. We 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 usually try to do a recap show before the Thursday game, and then we do our Friday night raw shows where all the fellas on there talking like we in a barber shop or something, <laughs> you know, getting it in. Then the second episode is for the elite. That's when we really do our picks and betting favorites and fantasy stuff like that. Yeah, man, relative sports talk. Thank you for letting us on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And uh, like I said, we'll get into it here. Let me start with you, uh, Jimmy, here. What's your, what was kind of your initial thoughts here of week 17? Just kind of like your you know, just quick little thoughts there of it. There was a lot of teams that I think were looking to make a statement or we, we had a lot of matchups where playoff implications were on the line. And a lot of teams showed kind of their true colors. Uh, some of the teams that we thought were kind of juggernauts and shoe-ins for deep playoff runs maybe showed some weaknesses as well so uh it was kind of a prove it week and so far a lot of teams are proving the opposite of what we were thinking um but it does make things interesting like this weekend we're going to have the afc south the divisional championship game between jacksonville and tennessee that should be fun so it set up kind of some fun matchups but there's a lot that it was left to be desired with some of the, the performances that we saw out of, out of the top teams how about you, Terrell? Hey, man, it was super exciting. I, I found myself – I was in a couple fantasy championship games too, so that made it even <laughs> more exciting. But, you know, the games and the storylines going through, like you were saying, was awesome. It was awesome seeing some teams not even know they were going to be eliminated. I'm talking about my Washington team. Coach yeah, I, I wasn't going to go there. But then seeing other teams just battle, like Carolina, they, they were that close to being in the lead for the division. I mean, it was it was awesome to see little stuff like that. Feel bad for Dolphin fans who finally had their hopes high this year, and it just all crumbled concussion by concussion. <laughs> there, I know. I said it a few weeks when after that happened, I said they're going to be the team that ha that you know the, every year that happens to one team. But sure enough, they got a little healthier. But then they kind of they folded late. We'll get into them a little bit later here. Um, hey, let's start with we're going to recap the game here a little game by game. We'll kind of touch on a few of them, and I'll get these guys uh, winners and losers of the week here. Um, before here, let's see what our. Uh, uh, so we got a football comment here. What we got here? Get this going on here. We got a soccer comment. Football, wrong sport. That's okay. There. Uh, 
Hey, Niners and uh, Niners Raiders here. I thought that was kind of the game of the day in some sense. Not just because I'm a Raiders fan. I'm not, I just thought it had the, all the kind of all the makings of it. It was a little bit more personal for me with it being the Bay Area, old Bay Area matchup there. I mean, the Niners, again, they just feel, you know, figure out a way to win. They stay hot, get their, what was that, ninth straight win, I believe. I don't know. Since trading for McCaffrey. Yep, that's true. And he looks really good. He had that one little drop on the slam, but that was even a tough catch. He was just, he ran over a guy yesterday at the end of that last drive. Um, for out here, people are kind of waiting for the Niners to have to play a high scoring game with Purdy and kind of maybe have to battle up. I don't say the Raiders are the highest of competition, but what do you guys, uh, what do you think there, Jimmy? I think he looks okay. He looks good enough for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Let's see if Kyle Shanahan will trust him in the big moments to actually go out and try and win a game. But the way that the team is playing around him, the defense, even though yesterday was a little bit more high scoring, unless it continues and it becomes a trend, I'm fine with them having one game where the offense just like who knew who knew that Jared Stidham was going to be able to go out there and play like that. I don't think anybody yeah. was expecting much after a car got benched. So I, I think you can maybe write off the defensive performance, but Purdy being able to manage the game and using the weapons around him, plus they're going to get Debo back. George Kittle seems to be unlocked a little bit like they're definitely with the, with the way things are falling they could be anywhere from the one to the three seed in the nfc if they're the one seed it's very difficult for me to to think that they're not going to be able to just run it 50 times and win the nfc championship and, and be in the super bowl again it's very similar to that that team from a couple of years ago their defense might even be better because their their defensive line may be picked up a little bit with bosa and those guys but they are very dangerous raiders did way better than i thought they would I don't know yeah. if that made you feel better. Uh, I mean, it made the game at least a little bit more entertaining. But again, the same predictability with the Raiders. They can, if you, if there's a way for them to lose a game, they. I, I always say they win. The, the way they lose is almost more impressive than how teams win. So that's always kind of my say with the Raiders regard there. What do you think of the Niners there? You think that did it, did it, you need to see a game like this where they kind of just you know kind of go high scoring back and forth with the team? What do you what do you what's kind of your thoughts there? The Niners here almost maybe looking like the best team in the NFC. Well, I, I thought that they were the team that could contend with the Eagles to get to that Super Bowl. I always was worried about Purdy and things like that. Past couple of weeks, we look at it, and they've been solid, nothing crazy, but that defense has been spectacular. Yeah. This kind of worries me a little bit, honestly, because what's going to happen when you play other teams, no offense to the Raiders, but you know what I mean, other juggernauts in the NFC, their only thing that's good for them, they don't need that one seed. I think where they're located is perfect. They would play the Giants in the first round, which is – that's a good matchup for them because the Giants aren't going to knock you out the building by scoring a whole bunch of points. And then in the second round, they would either probably play, yes, I'm going to say it, Green Bay or the Vikings, which is another good matchup for them. And I think it's an easier path to get to that Super Bowl, staying right where they're at. Yeah, I know it's, it's funny with the, the Niners. They just kind of like – it's just the quarterback that kind of has you hesitated, right? If they have a decent quarterback, you're like, oh, they're by far the favorite. So it's kind of yeah. – that team. that's what kind of always is the, to me the trick with that team. And they have such a good coach. I just believe in Shanahan so much. So, uh, what do you guys what do you guys think of the Raiders part of the? You think they made a mistake in benching Carr? I I've took a little heat for it out here with a few things where I said I think Carr the time is over with nine years and like no playoff victories. Some people say, well, it's the it's more the idea that Carr hasn't been surrounded with the pieces, the coaching, and you know things. I agree with some of that's not ideal for a quarterback to go through as many offensive coordinators. But to me, if you're a legit great player you'll still make it work what are your thoughts of that terrell well I'm twofold with them especially okay. everything that the raiders went through last year yeah. with all the scandals and everything Derek carr was the 
he was the figurehead for the whole thing. He was the face. Yep. And he yep. held that locker room together and they made the playoffs. I mean, his leadership showed me so much that I think that the organization, just by benching him and putting him away just to save some money for the cap and all those kind of things, that was kind of touchy for me. But it is a business. And him getting benched like that just means that the Redskins are going to overpay for him and we'll try to get him. <laughs> <laughs> He's already looking You're going to have to fight the Colts on that one. Hey, you yeah, feel like – you fit in yeah. good on this podcast. Everything circles back to our own teams. So that's good. Yes, that's good always. <laughs> Everything always circles back to our own thing there. What do you think there, and Jimmy? I know obviously you live in Denver. You kind of get a few of the Raiders games a year. What do you think of Carr being there nine years? Kind of this is the end of it with him in uh, Las Vegas. I've never seen an NFL franchise as strapped for cash as the Raiders are right now. That's why they – we talked about it. That's why they can't get rid of McDaniels as bad as he was for the beginning of the season. They don't have the money to pay his buyout. Um and there's the conspiracy theory going around that Mark Davis is trying to drive the value of the team down so that when his mom dies, there's not as high of inheritance taxes that he's going to have to pay. But there's, there's, it's like, I think most of their decisions are being made by money. And yeah, they treated a guy that was there for a while, put in a lot of good time with them pretty poorly. Um, it's almost like the, I, I totally get it. I don't think that they could have gone about it another way. I don't think that there was a better way for them to do it because if he gets hurt, they can't trade him and move on from his money. They're screwed. Like that's they're in a bad spot. Yeah. And he's not. And that's the problem. He's not worth forty and a half million dollars. And it's but not Darren, like he hasn't been hurt before. But Darren, though, on the flip yeah. side, you saw how Devontae Adams reacted. Yeah. He he adds a little value to keep to having Carr there because he's the best wide receiver in football. And if his best friend, the reason why he went there, is going to get treated like that and let him go, I'm nervous that he might pull one of these baby things that all these little crybaby athletes like Kyler Murray, I'm going to take my off of social media. Oh, I'm off Twitter now. <laughs> and he might be made a trade. I mean, I'm just saying. He's that good of a, a, a wide receiver and a star player that yeah. sometimes – <laughs> well, that catch he had yesterday was ridiculous. That was just an insane catch. I mean, only like the elite of the elite made that. But you're right, though. I was thinking about that, like with every package of deals, like early in that little trade period, they have like a combo deal with anybody. That'd be a lot of money to pay two people. But I don't know. I think I'm hoping the Raiders can work it out with them and like, you know, whatever the McDaniels. I mean, he got paid, so we'll see what happens. All right. You know, that's the Raiders part of it. Stidman as well. I think his wife was on TV more than him. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> I can't it's, Brent, it's a Brent Musburger called game, right? Yeah, he's looking at the wife. He's looking for the girlfriend, the wife. <laughs> I thought it was a college Saturday game as much as they were. Yeah, he's the, they, they, they took him off the TV after the whole AJ McCarron's girlfriend situation. Yeah. Was just a radio guy. <laughs> hey, did you? And he is the Raiders. Uh, play, is the Raiders play-by-play announcer? So there's oh, something yeah. there too. Yeah. Uh, all right, hey, let's keep it going here. Uh, Rodgers and the Packers, they come out, they beat the Vikings 41-17. It's so funny, the Vikings every year, they're like they're 12-3 and three and they're like underdogs. Like, they just, I don't know, that cracks me up Like when you read it. It's something, they're just so fraud in the regards. Yeah. I don't know, like, my big question out of this game is like, they obviously play the Lions here for a big game on Sunday. Probably will be the Sunday night game is my guess. Um, could be a really big game if Seattle loses um, this week. How dangerous can Green Bay be if they're a number seven seed? They get Rodgers in there. I mean, I'm. What do you think? What do you think, Jimmy? They could be pretty. I feel like I want to. I can't count them out. It'd be like counting out. It's just it's experience. The guy's been there now in the first round. I'm talking about the first round. When it gets further on and the games get bigger, Rodgers can't 
take over and win games anymore. He's proven that over the last couple of seasons. And that hasn't been, that's the reason why they continue to lose in the NFC championship game. But for the first round as a seven seed, yeah, they're a danger to a lot of teams that have very good seasons, like career seasons. They're dangerous to the lions this week. Imagine the lions. You, you do all this, you play well, you dominate the bears the second to last week of the season. All you have to do is go and beat the Packers uh, in Lambeau, I believe, right? They're playing in, in yep. Green Bay. Yeah, yep. that that's going to suck if their season ends. This is a good, as good a season as Detroit has had, and this yep. is as bad as we've seen the Packers over the last three years. So they are dangerous. What do you think, Victor? I think uh, the only thing is, like, if, what if he has to match up with the Niners again where it's been, like, hell for him to play? Like, that's his Achilles heel. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. What well, do you think? I mean, Jared Goff and the Lions on the road outside. Yeah. They're going to lose. And the NFL knows what they're doing by putting this as a Sunday night. It's a culmination for Mr. Aaron Rodgers yeah, to right. get into relax, R-E-A. You know, you know what I'm saying? So Aaron Rodgers getting that last spot. He's going to go in there and beat Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota was thinking about the playoff game yesterday. Yeah. Instead, of, instead of the game itself, they knew they could see the writing on the wall. That was bad. <laughs> it's that good was for bad. football. And I, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, but it's good for football because – all we really keep saying is Cowboys, Eagles, Niners. Yeah. So at least now you throw in an Aaron Rodgers, just like a Tom Brady. Um, his resume speaks for itself. The Cowboys don't get caught up because you might lose that first round matchup. It is Brady, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. No, you're right there. What do you guys think of the Viking side of it? There, like, like what's your? Co- I always say one out of ten with the Viking. What's the confidence meter? Like I said, Jefferson, nothing yesterday. Is it like the one out of ten? I'm I'm a four with him. Anybody lower than that with them? You way lower? You totally out? Okay, where are you at with them? Just a little two. Bit two. Two. Okay. <laughs> two. They're frauds. Kirk Cousins are fraud. Dalvin Cook, I would never draft you ever again, Dalvin Cook. Um, they don't get the ball in any way. But, yeah, I think they're frauds. I love the coach, though, man. I love the coach. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, I love the coach, but. I, 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 I'm always impressed with the coach. Like I'm always worried about teams that win games so close, like they have all year. Jamie, I know you think you've been thinking they're frauds. Is that even lower than two? No, it's. I'm about a five. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a five because they can. Kevin O'Connell doing what he did. This team didn't make the playoffs last year, and now they're going to win the division and be possibly a top three seed in the NFC. That's a good thing. But yeah, they could definitely be. They could be upset, but again, I thought they were going to be upset two years ago in, against yep. New Orleans when they made the playoffs then, and Kirk Cousins proved that he won. Yeah, they should have. They should have, but they won. Um, so I, I have them at like a five. They could definitely win, but they can also totally fall off the cliff, just like they did yesterday. Nobody was expecting to get expecting them to get manhandled. There was a possibility they lost, but make it close. And the games that they have lost this year, they've gotten beat up pretty bad. Like the yeah. Cowboys put a hurting on them, Packers put forty on them. That's not good. No, they got to struggle there. Hey, so, so let's go. Let's keep moving here. NFC Eagles, Saints here. This the Saints win their third straight, fighting for Dennis Allen's job. I guess that's the. I guess that's the little plug for them this year. They do end up. They still, I think. Have, I think right. They maybe have a, a chance. I should have looked up, but I, I think, I think they're eliminated now. They're done. They're, yeah, they're done. They're done. Okay, so they are officially done. They beat the Eagles. The Eagles again. They can't clinch the number one seed. Hurts. Continues to be questionable there, uh, even in the finale. He's, even though the coach is trying his best to, yeah, we're going to be patient with him. We'll see how patient it is come Thursday, and the pressure's heating up a little bit. Uh, and you know, because there is a chance they could fall all the way to the five seed. Not saying it's how realistic it is, but there is still a chance that could happen. I guess my question to you guys is, you know, did the Eagles peak too soon? That doesn't mean they're a bad team. 
it just means sometimes the way the season plays out with injuries and momentum, do you guys feel that same way maybe? What do you think, I don't Jimmy? think so. Or to Rob, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just – I there's too good. Like when Jalen Hurts is playing, they are a different team. So I don't necessarily think they peak too soon, but like that's – yeah. I, I wouldn't say that they peak too soon. They just have to make sure that – they're healthy enough when the playoffs come around. I don't think that they need the one seed. It would be nice. Have everybody go through Philly. That's definitely an advantage. But we saw two four seeds in the Super Bowl last year. I think that the Eagles are a good enough team. They've proven that they can win different games with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Lane Johnson's confirmed that he's going to come back and play in the playoffs. Uh, the defense is a little bit worrisome, but I, I still think that they're they're one of the best teams in the NFC, no matter if they get the number one seed or if they fall down and, and get, get a wild card spot, which I don't necessarily see happening. I think that they're going to, they are going to win this finale. They're 14 point favorites. They, they opened yeah. up at 14 point favorites. There's a reason mm-hmm. why Vegas is giving the giants no chance in this game. Yeah. Well, the giants yeah. are probably not, they're not going to be playing anybody at all. And there's that spot there with it. Um, and if you're a team, Terrell, you'll have three losses going into a playoff, no matter even if you're a five seed or one seed. So what do you think there with the Eagles? Do you think there's, they peaked a little sooner? Or what do you still feel really good about them? No, I think they're still the favorite. I mean, yep. when you have a dynamic player like Jalen Hurts, who's elevated his game each year from college all the way through the pros, he's different than Gardner Mitchell. People are giving Gardner Mitchell way too much credit because they love the mustache and all the stuff and the mantra about him. He's yeah. not the same kind of guy, dude. He changes the game. He can't get the ball to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is the dynamic player that makes everything easier for everyone else. My only concern about watching them, I think they should have utilized Miles Sanders more the last two games to get him confident going into the playoffs, cold weather, run the ball, do, do the physical style. I feel like not giving him the ball a lot of times, turnovers might happen. and then it, Now it's in your head now. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I do worry about is Miles Sanders going forward. Yeah, no, that's a good call there. Uh, I, the thing with the Eagles, too, is, is that matchup against the Niners. Gosh, I want to see that one. It just feels like that's been the matchup all year. That's kind of worth it than the NFC the most. I guess, I, you know, the Cowboys obviously could sneak in there and the Vikings. That's the matchup I've kind of wanted to see uh, take place in the beginning <laughs> of the year. So just to see how Hurts and Brown and just how they match up with Bosa and all that. So, all right, let's keep it going. NFC here, Bucks. they defeat the Panthers in kind of a pretty big game, actually. You don't think of it because this is such a bad division here. Brady and Evans continue to light it up. They light it up there with them. Three touchdowns. Uh, Brady throws to Evans. I don't know. I keep – are you buying – I keep hearing it with some people. Are you buying that notion that Tampa Bay can get to the NFC Championship? That's uh, all Brady, right? I don't think it's anything true. They have been winning these close games. I'm just throwing that out. Don't kill the messenger here. They've just been winning late games here. What do you think, Jimmy? You're shaking your head there. I know it's a big no for me, but let's give it, give me a, give it to you. What the, They'll be able to beat the Cowboys. Division champs. They'll be able to beat the Cowboys, but that's it. They, yeah. they won't beat anybody else in the playoffs. Anybody else is, is good enough that they're going to run through. I guess maybe the wild card being if they get Ryan Jensen, the center back, which they're expected to, that could change things for the offense. But it's been so bad, and it's not even like <clears> – I don't know. Yeah, Brady won them the, the division. Their division was god-awful, and, and that's why everyone was still alive for the playoffs. They're going to get a home playoff game, but I wouldn't put – I'm not saying NFC Championship for this, this Bucks team. I was yeah. thinking they were going to be a lot better than they were. Their defense has a ton of holes in it. They're injury-prone. Their offensive line hasn't been the same. There's a lot going wrong for them at the wrong times. And, yeah, that was a good win. I don't know. I, I, I don't trust them right now. 
And the thing too is they got down 14 nothing, right? 10 nothing. I think that's what it was. 14 nothing. I know they're down 14 10 and half 10 for sure. Uh, what do you think there? We think the Bucks have any magic left in them? I mean, I'll tell you what, anytime Tom Brady's over there, I always think there's any kind of magic. And just like I was saying about Miles Sanders not getting yeah, him revved yeah. up for the playoffs, you know, like he said, the Cowboys are Cowboys. They can get in their own way real quick in a first round matchup. Now you've got a big win at home. I, like you said, Jensen, Jensen might come back. Mike Evans finally got the touchdown that they've been trying to get him for weeks after weeks after weeks. That's more confident. They need to change the running. Let Fournette sit down. Let, my, let the young boy get in there and do that. He brings a little juice to it. He looks a little different. It looks like Pollard and Zeke from last year when Zeke was looking yep. like a little man. You know what I mean? Right now, let that pop go up in there and do it. I don't know. And Sweat is out for the Eagles. Second-round matchup. You never know the big stage. I don't know. I'm not going to count them out. Unlikely. If yeah. I had to do I would say a four. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's just they get down so early in these games, right? It's just like against a really good team. You know, like, yeah. can that happen? Yeah. They're not able to come back. They don't have the explosive <laughs> offense. My, The Bengals proved that. Like, they were killing them in the second half. Everybody yeah. was saying, oh, that was going to be the, the deciding factor. It wasn't. They got yeah. out to a good lead in, in the beginning. But the second half, they were bullied, dominated. So. Yeah. It yeah, just like it's just that magic that's keeping it alive, right? Like, and you, I keep joking. If it's Cowboys Bucks, you'll never. ESPN is going to have a field day. Twenty four oh, hours, twenty four hours news covered to that game. You will have, you will be. I just, I, mean, I don't even care if you watch it. You'll find it somewhere on that channel. Yeah. <laughs> on if that they had that game, I would want to see an old school Skip Bayless for Stephen A. Smith with the Cowboy and Brady Love. Ah, yeah, that would be. Bad. Just let them get together just for one segment for that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I just think Parsons would just make life a little. Hell for Brady in a game like that. Like I said, unnecessary fact to know Brady did clinch his 19th division title there. Uh, probably nobody touching that in a quarterback position ever. So probably not, probably not ever going to be the case. Um, all right, NFC here, the team that we said might might tank next week, the Giants, though, they pull it out. They look like a team that wouldn't ever have any dreams of winning, making the playoffs at the start of the year. I did not have them at all anywhere close to it. You know, I Jones plays a, a good game. I find it interesting with Jones, too, that the Giants didn't pick up his fifth-year option last year. You, know, you can't completely blame him for that. But they're you know that, they're kind of stuck in a little position maybe going into next year where do they sign – you know, do they franchise tag him? You know, you know, what's the situation they end up doing with Jones going forward? But, that, you know, with that being said, he has a big game yesterday. Like you see the numbers there. Who do you think gets the most credit for this turnaround? Is it a player? Is it a coach? The GM? Like, where do you – you know, obviously the coach has been amazing. Where do you think, Jimmy? Where do you think maybe if we had a pie chart, where does that fall a little bit? It's the coach. That's yeah. the 100% the coach because this is basically the same roster. They're a little bit hurt. They're a little bit more strapped for cash this season, which honestly makes what Dable did even more impressive. But Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley were there through all the bad coaching years, and now they have a competent guy on the sidelines who has instilled a level of professionalism and discipline. Like this is uh, – a team that you're going to know you played. I, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to be able to win a ton in the playoffs, but they broke their curse. The boat picture curse is now over. Uh, so Odell Beckham no longer has anything to hold over the Giants head. And, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. And, and they're probably going to re-sign Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. That's the report that came out over the weekend. And if you're Daniel Jones, why not? Because if you go somewhere else and you're expected, the Giants know what you're expected to do. They know how to win with you. If you go somewhere else and you're expected to be the franchise quarterback that's going to turn things around, I don't think that's him. But he could be the he's he's like a 
He's a slightly better version of Taysom Hill. He can throw the ball just a little bit better. He's a little faster, and he has a really good running back to play with. That's that's kind of where I see this Giants team. The, just the a Col- little bit better Taysom Hill. Damn. Oh, <laughs> dang. <Just> a little- <laughs> I still think I agree, he was overdrafted. I agree with most, most things that you said, but, I mean, you have to stay there. Why do you want to keep getting a new offensive coordinator and everything else play caller each year that you're in the league? This is going to be the first year, yeah. As far as the pie chart goes, yeah, I think GM gets the most. He's getting half. All right. Three-fourths of that other one is Dable. The reason why I say that is because the Giants, you can't name anybody on offense but Saquon Barkley and Jones. They mm-hmm. built that team in the draft in the trenches. Offense and defensive line, they drafted A-plus this past year, and the draft picks that they got are, are standouts. They're making plays. Daniel Jones – if he's smart, don't try to be one of these top 10 paid quarterbacks. Go ahead and get you right there. That's enough money to get love. Like you said, he ain't got to prove nothing to nobody else. He don't have to go change a franchise. Know your role. Stay where you're at. And they'll build around you. I think that GM is doing doing big things. And the coach loves him. Coach yeah. loves him. So he calls him baby Josh Allen. He loves him. And when a coach baby loves Josh. him, he'll go ball for him. I love always when they put baby in front of a great player. I remember when Eddie Curry, my favorite, I know you guys are NBA people, but Eddie Curry oh, yeah. drafted by the Bulls, baby Shaq. I'm like, baby Shaq, really? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Anybody big is baby Shaq. Also. Hey, Jimmy, I got to get your perspective on this because it's the Colts. And Jeff Saturday, I mean, he just ripped into like his offensive line for not, he, he, he first of all thought that, I forget the guy's name, but uh, Kevon. Uh, Kevon Thibodeau. Yeah, he, just, he absolutely crushes the guy that he's doing the Snow Angel celebration. He said he says basically quotes. He said it was trash, and then he says he's upset that his linemen didn't take matters into their own hands. You as a former offensive lineman, Division Two, uh, you, know, you know, I'm sure you would. I'm sure your coaches would have been pissed at you as well, maybe for something like that, or no. If I'm having a guy like Jeff Saturday coach me, where I know he has no business being on the sideline <laughs> as my head coach, I might be like. What are they going to fight for? And yeah, by the way, Kayvon Thibodeau could probably whoop the shit out of three of the four Colts offensive linemen. There's a reason why they're that bad. Like, yeah. The only thing that made it made it where you have to jump in in that yeah. point was <laughs> like, calm, the, calm down. I know it, he hits you. I know it hurts. You're in pain. Come on, Nick Foles. Yeah. Be tough. Quit writhing on the ground. You look like you're doing snow angels next to the guy. <laughs> He did look like he was. Dead, was ah, 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 we ah. were watching it. We were watching it live. We were like, "Hold on, rewind that. Let's watch it again." It looked like, <laughs> like is he trying to mimic him? Like, it, yeah. like that's what I heard. Like, what's going on? Is this a new dance? Celebrate? Like, what's going on here? All this choreography. I don't know what's. I wonder if he was talking to him on the ground too. I wonder if he was at the same. He time. said that he didn't know that he was in that much pain. <laughs> Like, I guess if you're 285 pounds and you club some dude over the head, you don't know how strong you are. <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't realize that I knocked him out. Yeah. You're a human. You're a human. And you bounced another man's head off the turf. He's in a lot of pain. Oh, Jimmy, that's why that's great. It doesn't matter if your coach says or not. If he's terrible, that's why you're not going to defend. I love it. That's great. <laughs> you got to think about your own health at that point. Is it worth no. me getting knocked out too by Kayvon Thibodeau? He's going to beat our quarterback up. Then he's going to turn around money. and beat me up. Yeah, and losing money. Nobody's losing money like that over it. Um, all right, we talked about it a little bit here with it, but we got Lions. They crushed the Bears 41-10. They improved to 8-8 eight eight. after starting the season 1-6. They've really come around uh, – 
it's better than do hard knocks now during the middle of the season. It would have been probably a little bit more entertaining to get the uh, the footage. They're very impressive with Campbell. The team obviously shows that they want to play for him. Uh, they're in contention. Like we said, they're not out of it yet. They need Seattle to lose. And then obviously if that happens, you know, it is in their own hands on a, maybe a tough game on Sunday night at Lambeau. Um, I don't know. I guess my question to you guys is, are you buying any future stock in the Lions after this late season run? Or is this one of these runs where it's, Goff will come back to reality. You know, that some of the young players will get the Lions luck again. What do you think there, Terrell? I'm high stock in the Lions. Okay. High stock. Jared Goff earned some money, whether whether they keep him or not. I keep saying it on my show, I think the best person to come there is Lamar Jackson. Go wow. to Detroit because Detroit's going to treat you like you're a, already you're a a godsend because they've never really had anything like that, that explosive electrifying player. And it, it, we didn't even see Williams play yet, yet much. This offense could be legitimately unbelievable. I mean, our offensive line is not bad already. You got a two-headed monster in the back. Actually, a three-headed monster in the backfield and wide receivers everywhere. Tight ends I've never heard of catching touchdowns every week. I, I, I have big stock in them, big stock. And the division is going to get weaker. Do you don't yeah. trust the Vikings? Mm-hmm. The Bears aren't going to be ready yet. How much more is Green Bay going to really give you? Yeah. No, that's a good call. What do you think, Jimmy? I would say I'm I'm buying stock in them because you, I think that Jared Goff wouldn't be the worst quarterback to keep. If you're not able to go out and get a, a big guy like Lamar Jackson or somebody else that's going to be available in free agency, just because when he's got a competent coach, and again, it goes back to – it doesn't even necessarily go on to what happens on the field. I don't know if Dan Campbell does a whole bunch of X's and O's coaching. I think that he gets the guys fired up in the locker room. He he gets them where they need to be, when they need to be there. Uh, but when he has that behind him, Sean McVay, Dan Campbell, he's done well, done better than what you would have maybe anticipated him being able to do. When he had Matt Patricia as his head coach, yeah, it was awful. Matt Patricia and Steve Fisher are – the, they're they're like his Novocaine. It's going to kill him at some point. It's going to numb him up. He's not going to be able to play. But if he's playing hard for a guy and, and they're doing things that nobody really expected, yeah, I think this is sustainable. It'll be interesting to see if he's a part of the plan or not, but they have a culture now. And I think you know that this coach, <clears throat> the, the Lions don't have to do a lot. You make the playoffs next year, that's going to be just fine. Then you're going to have to progress from there. You don't have to go straight from, barely making like being in the late season playoff picture to Super Bowl championship. That doesn't have to happen. As long as you continue to go this way with Dan Campbell, I think they'll be fine and they'll continue to let him ride it out. Uh, even if they're struggling uh, to make the playoffs as a wild card next season too. The only reason I'm tentative to buy stock on him is Jared Goff. I mean, I Ooh. like his game, but like, can I bank on him? Like it's, um, it's nervous for me to say he's going to be the same next year. And that's the part that keeps me kind of holding back as much as I like the other pieces. You know, the quarterback position over and over again proves it's really important. So unless the defense of the Lions gets better, maybe Goff gets better next year. You know what I mean? But he hasn't had that history of doing that over the time. So that he's, to me, going to be one of the more interesting players going into next year uh, just to kind of see how if he can like kind of live up to that hype and stuff like that. All right, guys, I asked you to, uh, before the pod here, uh, we'll do a little, uh, mid, little mid-break up here of the games. What's your fantasy player of the week brought to you by – Row one brand. Go follow them at, at Pool Stub on Twitter. Use the code BSN15. You'll get 15% off anything in their art gallery. A lot of championship weeks out here for most people. My team did get eliminated last week. Thank you to all the guys that did nothing last week. Josh Jacobs, Lamar Chase. You did nothing the week before. You crushed my soul. Uh, what do you guys think? Who did you, you guys got? Uh, fantasy Player of the Week. Did you uh, did you win any championships if, if you were in any? 
I'm currently beating Tyler by 10. I yeah. wish he was on here because I am or losing to Tyler by 10. But I have Samaj Piran, Tyler Boyd coming up. But I'll say my guy that's carried me through and, and basically got us into the championship was Austin Eckler, which, you know, mm-hmm. love my big dog because yeah. I did go. I was there with him at Western Colorado for a season. So, yeah, he's uh, he's been a weapon. Devontae Smith, too, in the last two weeks. That's why I drafted him as highly as I did. For the first six weeks of the season, I was like, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I drafted Can Akers and Devontae Smith. My offense is terrible. And then last two weeks, 20 points in the flex. I'll take it. It's yeah. so funny with fantasy football how that works out, man. These guys, if you're paid, you just like got to keep them on your bench sometimes. Like the season will progress a little bit that are struggling. What do you got, Terrell, for fantasy player of the week? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy because last year in my big 14 team league, I finished the last place for the first time ever. And I had. You know, players like uh, Cam Akers, DJ Moore, and George Kittle. Well, I still had them on this team, and they helped me win. But my fantasy player of the week was my quarterback, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, did his thing. He made me nervous in the beginning, though, but he got me a bunch of points. And, yes, unless Burrow gets 70 points, I'll have this ring for me. <laughs> 70 points. And then that's like – I remember, like, the one performance that always sticks out to me is, like, Michael Vick, 50. Like, if anybody ever got 70, that'd be impressive. I'm like, you know, those nice, you have a heartbreaker when I had my biggest one is, like, I always say it was against the Vikings. It was, like, Bears-Vikings when Favre was still there. No lie. Like, I think I was playing against this girl. She was up – I think I was up 65 points in the last Whoa. game. And, like, Favre, uh, Chachinko, whatever. I forget his name. It was even Chachinko, that's what his name was. And Peterson combined for, like, seven touchdowns. I lost by a point. I was like, oh. I was actually depressed for a day. So fantasy football is real. And it can be painful if you have a lot of money on the line, too. <laughs> I played against Joe Burrow. Or not Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. The week that he had his five touchdowns against Atlanta, oh. I was playing against him. I was happy but sad all at the same time. It was like an <laughs> internal conflict just walking around. Mixed emotions on that one, for sure. I keep right, scoring, good. but stop scoring. I had two horrible moments. And to this day, I still hate Russell Wilson. I was at my house and- Oh, everybody came over because we have a belt. We have a championship belt and rings and stuff. Yeah. So we were at the table. We were playing cards. We watched Sunday Night Football. And I'm up by like 55 points. And I'm like, yeah, he had Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson scores 56 points on Sunday Night Football to beat me. And I'm holding the belt and everything, running around, drinking, <laughs> having a good time. And then another time I had the Ravens defense and I was down one point. So I'm all celebrating with my friends. And they get negative one and I lost. Like, those are heartbreakers. <laughs> It can do it to you, man. It's real with it. All right, so those are our fantasy players of the week brought to you by uh, Row One Brand. Also want to shout out Adams and McCaffrey. I'm sure they helped out win a couple people some leagues as well this week. Um, all right, let's keep it moving here. AFC a little bit. Patriots they beat the Dolphins 23-21. I was a little I was a little unsure about this game going into it just because I was like I, I still thought the Patriots win because Belichick like you got to show some life for him one last time. They still have the playoffs on the line. Mac Jones, even though he kind of did his little cheap little play last week, he still, you know, he ends up getting the job done, I guess, again here. Um, I don't know. They're still in the playoff berth, and they just need to beat Buffalo next week. I don't know. To me, the thing is what what I have written there. Four straight game with a defensive touchdown. That's why they're still in it. So, I don't know. What do you think? Will the Pats clinch? What do you think, Terrell? No. No? Because I think the Bengals are going to win tonight, so the Bills are going to have everything to play for next week. And that's what the Patriots don't want to happen because when the Bills have to have everything on the line, that's when I think they're the most dangerous. When they're at the edge of the table, when they're what if it goes up. the opposite though? They're still going to be playing for the change, change your opinion. They still need to win. They yeah. would still need to win for the one seed. Yeah, yeah. you can't lose. Yeah, because don't yeah. yeah, yeah. The Chiefs play on Saturday, which is weird. That's the weird thing about the way the NFL did it this week is usually they and I don't really like it. I know they're doing it for money reasons, but they usually always have the games. 
Sunday at the same time, but now they're doing it where the Chiefs play Saturday and obviously the Jaguars Titans games. So like the Bills will kind of know ahead of time what they need That's to do. Crazy, so that yeah. kind of it, it kind of makes it really weird for Betty. I, if yeah, but are you gonna game. are you really gonna go into the playoffs on a two game losing streak? Even you back your way into a, a one or a two seed, like that's not you can't do that if you're Buffalo. You yeah. could do that if you were Tom Brady's Patriots, but you can't do that if you're Buffalo. That's they have to have some momentum going into it. That's I feel fair. like they're gonna play their guys both weeks. So. I just I, – this Patriots team needs to get off my screen. I need to not have to watch the New England Patriots anymore because they are awful. Until they get a legit offensive coordinator and a quarterback who's not just out there to try and hurt people, I don't need to see them play anymore. I, that's that's the bottom line. I, I, I can't even – there's nothing good for me to see about this team. They don't – their defense is fine. Their defense is great. I'm more of an offensive guy. I love to see offensive line play. Their offensive line has been terrible. They haven't been able to do much, and I just don't like watching them. I, I would rather them not be in the playoffs, and then they have to go through a full rebuild. I think if they make the playoffs, Belichick is going to try and keep Patricia on his staff as the offensive coordinator out of spite. He's like, you guys didn't think I could do it last year. Let's see how, how well year two goes, and it's going to be the same exact thing. We're going to be sitting here talking about the same – people next season so i just need them to be i need them to be done uh it's funny they're definitely going this year's category of the least favorite teams like most like you know i always do the same for nba like the the, the league pass teams of the year for for nfl not one of the watchable teams this year they were yeah. very boring to watch definitely not on the radar is like most fun people teams. in boston hate turning on their games right now uh, they like, did they got a lot of ripping on them in boston you know obviously they'll rip on you pretty good there um all right, Seahawks. They go. They play the Jets. They keep their hopes alive with the twenty-three and the Geno Bowl. I called it. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? You know, they've been now the Jets twelve straight years. Crazy, right? Not in the playoffs. Um, you know, I want to ask about the Jets first. Despite them not making the playoffs in seven and nine, do you think it was a successful season? I think the start of the year maybe changed some of our expectations for them going into the year. Combination of their record, their defense is looking okay but they do have some worry at quarterback position. Maybe that's a landing spot for Carr. What do you guys think for the Jets, though? You know, I know they still have one more week left, but still, what do you guys think? Successful season for the Jets? What do you think, Jimmy? Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I think it's very successful because, like I said, with the draft with the Giants, the Jets might have had the best draft, in my opinion, and we saw their stars become stars. I mean, the running back, he got hurt. Wait till he come back next year. We saw what Sauce can do. I mean, I saw Sauce up in Metcalf's face, shutting him down. And that's just one year. I mean, you have to be happy by what you're seeing. I know their defensive lineman that got hurt. He's stopping everything. He's stopping everything. I just think that their their team is good and young. You might have messed up with the quarterback, but like you said, there's a whole bunch of retread quarterbacks that's going to be out there that can be serviceable. I mean, I saw Flacco winning a couple games at the beginning of the year, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. And I even talk about the wide receiver. I mean, yeah, that's the thing with the Jets, too, like with the quarterback position. Like, you know, everybody got excited about White after that first week, but it's like, I don't know, it's kind of the same reason I can't Oh, get he through. proved that he's not the guy yesterday. That's right. yeah. I, I'll say, yeah, it's a successful season because I expected them to be in the top 10 of the draft, and, and they're not going to be, at least I'm, I'm not sure, um, depending on how this week goes. But the good thing that you get out of this year is that, you know, you don't have the quarterback that can help you win games in your room or in your organization. Flacco can't, won't be able to do it. He, when you put in Flacco, Flacco looked like he wanted to get out of there so fast. He was giving the ball to the defense. Like I need to get pulled here. You take it. You take it. Um, Zach Wilson sucks. He's not for you. 
Awesome. I would think that they're going to make a hard play for Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is not going to get re-signed in Baltimore and they're going to want to make the big flashy move and they're going to have probably the assets to be able to move around to bring yeah. in a guy like Lamar Jackson. That might not be terrible. Have Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Lamar Jackson, and Garrett Wilson all on the same team. That offense maybe starts to match the defense. If you can keep the defense in, intact, Quentin Williams and his brother Quincy, I believe, is playing linebacker yeah. there. They're, they're good. C.J. Mosley hits hard. That defense is something else. I've known it for the last two years. The Bengals ended up beating them this year. That was why they beat them last year with Mike White, was their defense absolutely popped the Bengals in the mouth, and they were not expecting that. So I'll say, yes, it's successful because you have a, an attitude about you. You know what you need to fix, and you're going to be able to fix it. Yeah, I like that point about the quarterback, kind of knowing what you have in the room at least going into next year, and you have a solid defense. You have a coach that looks like he knows what he's doing. So I, I would agree. I think it's a, success, uh, a successful season as well. Uh, for the Seahawks side of it, real quick, you think they they get it? Like, I, I really hope they kind of don't get in, though, just because for like we were talking about exciting teams in some regard. Like, I don't know. I'd still rather – I'm not a big Rodgers guy at all, but, like, I'd still kind of rather see them in than, than Seahawks. You guys feel the same way? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, do you, who do you think would actually give the Niners the best chance, the Packers, the Lions, uh, or the Seahawks at that seven-split seat? If, let's just say, the Niners got the two seat. I think it's the Lions. Lions, yeah. I don't think the Lions are ready to go on the road in the playoffs. No, they don't want to go on the road at all. No, so <laughs> there, that's they, that team has the least amount of experience to be able to lean on and try and, and win that game. At least Rodgers, I don't think that he'd beat he he beat the 49ers, but at least he's won a Super Bowl. And you can say yeah. like three time league MVP. He could do something. No, but the other guy, the other two can't really. Yeah, and that's fair. One thing I would like to see, though, I don't know if y'all remember when Williams was with uh, Green Bay. Remember when they let him go and he went to Detroit? It's like, yeah, you're my, my ex-girlfriend. I'm playing Max Scott. I'd like to see him go <laughs> play, go try to do something. Because he's scared of that. He runs hard. You know, yeah. he, he never Swift never got no touchdowns for me because he was getting them all. So, I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I really hope the Rams beat Seattle next week. So that Lions Green Bay game is for everything yes. on Sunday night. So that's what I'm pulling for there with it. All right, a little bit, we got a little bit here, more left here in the show here. Back at, uh, we'll say the fourth quarter part of it here. Steelers, they stay alive, 16 13 with that win over the Ravens on Sunday. I just said, as predictable a Ravens Steelers game as you get, right? If you were to say a score, you'd probably say, there's a good chance you might say 16 to 13 in a late, uh, a late January or early January game here. The Steelers just, Mike Tomlin, just mad respect to you, my friend, with just getting this team back to 500 in that regard. Like, I'm, I'm sorry I even doubted you the first few weeks of the season. I'll, I'll be, I'm going to slap myself across the face for that. I should be ashamed of myself for even thinking that. Jimmy, you put me straight from the beginning on it. You know, as a Bengals fan, of the damage he could do as a coach and, and like how consistent their teams are. I don't know. I'm just impressed with the Steelers uh, more than I am concerned with the Ravens. That's what I wrote there. I mean, I know the Ravens, I'm concerned about that definitely, but I'm actually more impressed with the Steelers here to finish the season. What do you guys think of that question? Or if you had a different opinion on it, sure. Najee Harris. Najee yeah. Harris was the X Factor last night. He got the game-winning touchdown. Um, he takes so much pressure off of Kenny Pickett and – beating the Raiders on the last drive of the game, beating the Ravens in the last drive of the game. I was not rooting for anybody last night because I don't root for the Ravens or the Steelers. I'd rather the field open up and they both just fall to the center of the earth and, and I never have to deal with them again. But it it is helpful. I mean, they helped me out beating the Ravens. Now the Raptors will have to play us. And if we beat them, we win the division. We're probably sitting at the one or two seed, depending on how tonight goes for Monday Night Football. 
I think that the Steelers team, I would say that they're probably the one of the more dangerous. The AFC in the playoffs is going to be stacked throughout. I, I would see them as a seven seed and at least know that they're going to be able, like you can't beat them with the weather because they play in the weather anyways. They're going to be able to travel. They're going to be able to punch you in the face. As long as their defensive stars can stay healthy, that was why they were struggling so hard at the middle of the season. You had no TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick was kind of banged up. Those guys are playing really well and they're an opportunistic team. Mike Tomlin, that team never goes away. No, it's super impressive. What do you got to throw with them? I mean, exactly what he was saying, you know, it changes everything when you, when you put a dynamic player on the field that can change either side of the ball. We talk about a Michael Parsons that can do that. TJ Watt is a guy like that. Just because he plays defense, he's helping that offense just as much by doing the things that he does, causing turnovers, helping Cam Hayward's job easier, Mika Fitzpatrick's job easier. When you have a top five elite talent, that's what can happen. And 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 Steelers culture is what it is. They always know when somebody is ready to go before they're before other people know. Like people give the Patriots all this credit. Yeah. Oh, they get rid of players all the time before you know overspending. Steelers do the same thing. Steelers yeah. saw the same thing. Claypool, you're taking up time. Pickens, get in. You know what I mean? The Steelers evaluate so well also. Do you guys think the Ravens are a one-and-done team in the playoffs for sure? Yes. Yeah. Without Lamar Jackson, they're not winning. Yeah. Is, is he out for the playoffs for sure? I thought there was a chance he could come back. No, mm-hmm. they were saying that he's supposed to be back. I, I think that they're shooting for him to be back for the finale, but they also were very vague. They're the worst about his health. They never <laughs> say exactly what's going on with him because yeah. they're pissed that he's – negotiating his own contract against them. So they're weird about it. They're like, he's going to be out for probably, they said like a span of 10 to 15 days. Like you could have just said two weeks. That's all you needed. To, all you needed to do. I it, I feel like they're, they're a franchise that's been not, not quite like the the Steelers, but you know, very consistent over the team, over this like last 20 years. I feel like they're at a crossroad this next off season. So it'll be very interesting to, the decisions they make. If, they're, if they bring on a quarterback to keep Lamar and stay with that train, it'll be very interesting what their team does. One of the more, to me, interesting teams in the playoffs going into – or offseason next year. All right, let's hit the two-minute drill here. Uh, let's go through a few of the games here, and you can bring up anything you want to talk about on this list here. I got the Commanders. They lose to the Browns 24-10. They're eliminated from the playoffs. Wentz, you had a chance to show up. My man, pathetic. You, I, I don't. I just don't know if you deserve to ever get a chance as a starter again. Denver, you show you show a little life, but they lose their fifteenth straight to Kansas City. Russ has more touchdowns and bathrooms in his house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it only took 16, 17 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know he actually looked like he kind of knew what he was doing out there for the first time. We got that. We got Atlanta over Arizona. I mean, yes, exactly, Atlanta over Arizona. And then you got the Chargers. They win the battle of the L.A. A couple of games there that yeah, really probably didn't have too many people's eyes on it. What do you guys got there? How about you, uh, Terrell, the Commanders? I know you're a fan there. They get eliminated here. It's just a weird quarterback. They're just one of the weirdest teams over the last – like, as a Raiders fan, I actually think you're one of the franchises that maybe can complain a little bit more than me in some regard. But, like uh, – well, We're the worst bad. franchise in, 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 in all of sports probably. Yeah. That's why, that's why my New Year's resolution was please sell the team and put it in my state of Virginia and just change our whole culture because we can't never, ever, ever get a quarterback. And my thing is, what are you doing? Like, yeah, Heineke's not the answer. He's not the guy, but the team rallies around him. You have a chance to make the playoffs. Why are you even making the switch anyway? We already know what Wentz is. What happened last year? You have to play the sorry Jaguars to get in at home. 
playoff game on the line and you cracked the bed. What made you think it was going to be different today? <laughs> you know, but well, I'm telling you, my sleeper team, the Chargers. Yeah. Chargers are my sleepers. You have Herbert as the MVP, I remember, right? They're getting healthy. Yeah. You like Herbert. I know you're a big Herbert guy, too. Yeah. Pre preseason had him in the Super Bowl, so we'll see. They're one of the hot teams. Well, hey, I was going to ask you real quick about the commanders there with that they had. I think that's a good point you brought up about them switching to Wentz. I didn't really understand that at all. Yeah. I kind of feel like Rivera, I don't know, like, I know he's like a consistent head and like he's like, like he does these things that are he's a good guy and all that, but like it's a part of me where I just feel like they could be better coached at some points. Do you do you yes. get that or is it all player no. quarterback related? I get it every time I look at my division. Other than the Cowboys, they have a horrible court coach. Yeah. But look, like you said, look what Dayball's done. Look yeah. what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. They schemed their system around his strengths, not focusing on the weaknesses. You know what I mean? You can't even yeah. see. You think that he's elevated everything. The coaching staff put you in those situations. I mean, the best player on the team is scary Terry McLaurin. Your quarterback does not get him the ball, but Heineke gets him the ball every week. What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think that's fair. What are you doing? I think I think that's fair. I, I mean, what, what, Jimmy, I know you're not a big Wentz guy at all. Any anything on that or any of the other games you want to want to point Wentz out? is a mental midget. He proved that <laughs> from when he got when he got hurt in Philly and you're sitting there with a pout on the sideline in the Super Bowl. Dumbass, you they wouldn't have been there without you. You did not need to pout. You did not need to lose the entire backing of your franchise. And we wouldn't have had to see Nate Sudfeld on Sunday night football if you would have just been a man and took taken what happened. Like bounce back. He doesn't bounce back. He's not resilient. And that's that's why I didn't didn't understand the move. Heineke's at least resilient and he at least he's gonna do stupid things. He's gonna make bad mistakes, but he's some of those mistakes. Even the defense is going to be surprised, and they might turn out good. Uh, yeah, that was a bad decision. Uh, the Broncos, I didn't think – it got closer than I thought they would be yeah, to breaking the streak, closer. but they're definitely not going to – they were never going to break that losing streak against the Chiefs in Kansas City. That was never going to happen. But they did look like they kind of had some life. But, man, that they're looking for a new coach. Um, and I guess I've been hearing, like, some rumor coming around here now – they, the Penner group is possibly going to move on and, and buy out that massive contract that they gave Russell Wilson. So maybe that's why he was playing a little bit harder. Um, but it was such a shit show going into that game. Like everybody coming out and posting, no, man, we love Russ. We, we, we totally, he's my, you could tell like Walmart, the mascot of Walmart had a gun to the back of their head. Like, no, I love Russell Wilson. He's, don't pay attention to the guy behind. I love him. He's my favorite quarterback. He's going to take us to the next level. I promise. It was, they're a mess. They are a mess. I have no idea how they're going to untangle this, this ball of yarn that they created this season. Well, I look forward to your guys' podcast during the offseason and having Nico. No, you don't. I Nico's do. going to be so upset. Well, if Jokic continues to play like a back-to-back-to-back MVP, he'll probably be fine. But yeah, right, we'll, have wait till, we'll have to wait till fall then, I guess. We'll have to wait till fall. He's not going to He's not gonna win the award, but he is playing. like He had yeah. the most efficient night of any center I can remember the other night. I just I ranted a rave about about our current podcast. I just said he's I, I still I'm still fighting for him for uh, MVP over Luca. All right, I got well, a couple more things here. We'll call it a podcast. My I got we got this tweet of the week here. Question of the week with it: If you could pick an offensive player to start your team and it can't be a QB, who would you take? Uh, I'm assuming. Well, let's just say I'm going to make it a little bit more interesting. I'm going to say for like the next 
five to 10 years, not like right now, like, a, you know, like the current, like a Rogers or something like that, even though you probably wouldn't take him, but you get my point. What do you guys got for, uh, who would you take? I, I'm going to, I'll start us off. I took Jefferson from the Vikings. Yeah. I, maybe that's it, but I, there was a tough couple of tough calls. I kind of was thinking of a few others. Would you guys got anybody else you might take? Hmm. Uh, just, to, just to be different, I would probably pick Eckler because I know what he's going to bring to the room. And I think that he's actually been super beneficial as a guy from a lower level coming into an NFL locker room and holding the other people accountable. They are, I feel like he pushes them in a lot of different areas because they're one of the better conditioned teams and outside of, you know, Everett, that Thursday yeah. night game against the chiefs, they're, they're pretty solid. So I, I would probably pick Eckler just because I know that he brings a lot to the locker room too. I almost thought about your guy, Jamar Chase, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because he's got like T Higgins with him. I, like, I would oh, never pick a wide receiver to start a franchise around. That's just the, the you don't build from the inside. You don't I build from the sure outside. I was in. taking Barkley. Barkley was my only other guy I was thinking about. So really, you got anybody else I maybe forgot off? I'm the taking, list? I'm taking Trent Williams. I'm taking that know. spot right there. That's, that's right. the most crucial spot for me because you can put a great quarterback all the way down to middle of the road and still be successful when you got your blind side covered like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of those elite ones right there to start my franchise. If it was about five years earlier, I would have said Jason Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Kelsey. You know, being a, a fan of the NFC East, he's yeah. been consistent. Like every year that he's been in the league, he's been one of the best centers. Yeah. So yeah, and he's grooming Landon. Time. He's grooming Landon Dickerson. Their center is going to be perfectly fine for the next ten years too. And he does a very he does a very entertaining podcast as well. He does a very good job. <laughs> uh, He's hilarious. Yeah, Jimmy, let's get to let's get to the big game, my friend. Let, we're here. We're finally here. Oh, Monday night. I don't root for. I, I'm not biased at all. He, it's, it's know, you can tell he's, <laughs> he's getting paid by the logo over there, folks. Paid by the logo. Uh, what do you think here? Big game. Bills are favored by two and a half. Um, Bengals are red hot. You know, maybe the Niners really the only hotter team in the NFL right now. Um, what do you think? Who do you got? Jimmy, I know you got the Bengals here, but just kind of your thoughts of the game all together. The first half is going to be awful to sit through is, is how <laughs> I'm feeling. That's how most of the games are that I watched, um, except for the Patriots game when I had to sweat out the end of it because they decided to flip the script. But I'm hoping that this is a game where you're going to have to have your second half adjustments really step up. That's, I think, where they kind of set themselves apart, especially on defense. Luana Rumo, their defensive coordinator, shuts people down in the second half. I think they've given up a total of like 17 points uh, outside of a couple weird matchups. The last time they played on Monday Night Football, it was not pretty. The Browns came in and, and kicked the shit out of them, like up and <laughs> up and down the field. Yeah. I'm really hoping that it's not that way. I'm thinking that they could win. If there's any team that knows how to beat uh, a Buffalo Bills team with Josh Allen that can score at any moment, I would say that they probably are that team, but – I mean, it would have been really beneficial if the Broncos could have broken that streak and, and taken a little bit of the pressure off. Uh, that's where I'm sitting because we have the tiebreaker over them. I would love a tiebreaker over the Bills and the Chiefs, but that's going to be difficult. Like, I don't know if – I think they're they're close to ready for that. I just don't know if they're ready to take that next step. So I'm nervous. Uh, I'm nervous. I think that's understand. If they win today, too, so many things change with the game as well, right? You know, so they're still like there's the seeding is so they. I, I think you guys would still have a chance for the one seed, right? Because if KC lost the next week and you won, you'd be tied with them, and you guys beat them head to head. So still a lot on the line there Monday night. Do uh, they only have three losses. I believe they. I believe they only. I think they're thirteen and three, right? 
Yeah, okay. so I was going to say, if they had four, then we're tied record-wise, and we would have the tiebreaker. But, yeah, if they only have three – they yeah. only have three losses, and they're, they're one game ahead of us. If it was ended right now, you guys would be the three seed right now. What do you think, Terrell? You got the uh, – it's a big game. This is kind of one of the Monday nights had some real bad games. Big game, big game. And I think I agree with what he was saying about the first half. Yeah. But I do it for a different reason. I think that Cincinnati – Joe Mixon is going to be an X factor. I think it's because we're going to see the difference in the teams. Joe Mixon is solidified at that running back spot. Still not sold on Singletary. They use Cook. When they're ahead, There's, that means they're not believing in him the way that the Bengals will believe in Mixon. I think Mixon's going to have a big game. They're going to use him a little bit the second half. Then you're going to see Burrow and Allen throwing it out. And I think Burrow just got too many weapons. And then the first half, seeing Mixon, you're going to still have to keep your eye on him. And I think the loss of Von Miller in this That's, game is yep. I was just about to say team. that. No Von Miller right there. Mixon explodes, opens up the middle of that field. And I, that is because we have, we don't have Lyle Collins this week. And right. even if we did, I think Vaughn would kind of turn him into, into mincemeat. But, yeah, <laughs> having Vaughn helped me a lot more to say this team can win. Because we have the best – if you look at it, we have the better pass rush. Uh, safeties pretty even. Middle line uh, linebacking course pretty even. Pratt and Wilson are, are just as good as uh, Milano and, and Edmonds, I would say. It, it really comes down to that, you know, which offense can establish what they want to do because the bills love to throw the ball around, but the Bengals can cover receivers, especially in the second half. How are you going to combat that? And and I guess, how are we going to combat the alien that is Josh Allen? It is, sure. To me, it's so fast. You guys both love, obviously love Burrow. I like Burrow as well, but like, it, you know, Allen, you know, he's not too far behind that list as well. Like it's just fascinating to me if Burrow can win tonight too, to have on his resume, Mahomes and Allen in the same season. He has Mahomes on the resume. Hey, that's Burrow's about to go for, for Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think he solidifies himself as an MVP, like top two MVP voting if he wins this game. I, I think now with Hurts being out those couple of weeks, I, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think that's – you think he's number two right now regardless? Probably number two, yeah, because mm-hmm. even with Hurts being out, I think that almost helps him a little bit more because you've seen it, not everybody can go and win in that offense. Gardner Minshew should have been able to win those two games, but he wasn't able to do it. So if you're talking about guy that you can't lose in a season, Hurts might have a little bit more of an argument, but Burrow's right up there right now. I was thinking I was doing some like dig, you know, like I like to like, I love sports history. So I like looking back at things and how it relates to now. So this week for our podcast next week, I'm going to be doing a thing on top three AFC teams and just the history of like how good some of these teams are in the past. And I, and I'm not saying it's better than when like maybe Colts and the Patriots are right there at their prime with Manning and Brady, but like the big three right now in the AFC, I would put up against any big three really in the AFC over the last 20 years. This is a legit crop of group here of the AFC teams right now. It's very impressive. And it's and and that, I just I love that they're matching up a lot too right now. And that fourth team, don't forget Herbert's coming too with those three boys. Herbert's gonna be right there with the three boys. I think he's gonna wind up being like the Philip Rivers ish type yeah. compared to them, but you know, he's gonna put up some numbers too. No, he's some of the he's the the only thing I have concern with them is right the franchise still has to prove to me franchise. that they can really back him up. You're right, he's the player though. It's like but can the franchise the Bengals though had that same history, right? The other thing, too, the Bengals are on a seven-game heater right now. They have not lost since that last Monday Night Football game to the Browns. So you guys got pissed off since then. They've had injuries. They've met, they haven't had Chase out for it. The Bills, the interesting one for the – they kind of – they're still playing well, but, like, there's just something – they're an interesting team going in the playoffs as well, right? Like, the weapons without Diggs is maybe not as great as some of us thought at the beginning of the year at the wide receiver position. So that will be interesting there with it. 
All right, guys, last part of the podcast uh, here. I always like to wrap it up with our winners and losers of the week. Um, let's start with you, Charlie. We are our guest here. Uh, again, thanks for joining us here this week. What do you got for winner and loser of the week presented by SeatGeek? Use that code VSN, people, and you will save $20 off that game. Maybe don't uh, – maybe a Jags-Titans big game next week if you're in Dallas. Yeah, let's save that out with it. So winners and losers this week. Who you got, my man? I will say my winners probably – I don't want to say obvious ones. I'm just going to say Sam Darnold and Steve Wilkes. Sam right, Darnold was right. left for dead. He was left for yeah. dead, and then we played these games with the boy from the XFL and then Baker Mayfield. When Darnold was in, DJ Moore became DJ Moore, and he's your best player. You know what I mean? You lost Christian McCaffrey. You still kept going. Steve Wilkes, who should have never got fired after one year in Arizona, which was a catastrophe. Look at their organization now. I think he has deserved an opportunity to be the third African-American head coach in the NFL. Well, I should say two because Lovey Smith will get fired. He was just in there for no reason. But I think he has earned that keep with that team, and that's why I was pulling for him to beat Tampa Bay, just so he can get more notoriety. I think he's a daggone good coach. I would love to have him because he just automatically inspires this team. Sam Darnold, he gave him a chance to maybe stay on the franchise, possibly maybe start, maybe – <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I think that's a good call. I still think the Cardinals should have never fired him at the after that one year for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, just ridiculous right there. What do you got for winner of the week there, Jimmy? My winner of the week is the Cowboys because their situation got a lot better and they got to play against a Josh Dobbs in Tennessee on Thursday <laughs> night. And then both teams ahead of them lost in games that they probably should have won. So they're sitting in a really good spot. They can still win the division depending on how – everything they need a lot of help to do that but i think that they won just by the fact that they had to play nobody this week and also yeah. had two big losses in front of them so they're they're my winner this week um i'm not gonna have a loser of the week but you could say willis is loser of the week easily i mean you've been with the titans the whole year and you have a guy get picked up for two weeks and he's played over you that cannot, that's not a good thing and everybody knows that josh dobbs is not an nfl quarterback dude has proven this time and time again yeah. he's sick in college yeah where did he go to college? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, that's, I thought it was Tennessee. That's what I was thinking of it. Um, all right, loser of the week. Who do you got? Uh, Terrell, start with you. Who's your loser of uh, week 17 here? Loser of the week. Oh, hold on real quick. I got my winner of the week. I forgot to give you. Okay, who's your I got NFL ratings on Christmas Day. I mean, they got, they, you saw that too. They the, NBA, the NBA guy saw that. And I'm, and I'm a big NBA guy, as you guys know. But I saw yeah. that, and I saw 25 million for oh, the yeah. Oh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna as you know, bat, go over game, the head with that on our show because he <laughs> always talks about like Christmas Day basketball is better than Thanksgiving Day football. Uh, well, the public disagrees. The public Sometimes, disagrees. the public <laughs> 25 million to four and a half million that tells For the, you right there. the Broncos to get beat by 50. I know. It, I mean, what a terrible game as well, but it just shows you the machine that is the NFL and like the betting game the behind him, what they have. He, uh, it's going to kill him because that's his team getting <laughs> beat on and that had 10 million more viewers than his beloved basketball. His Christmas probably, Day basketball. They probably had 4 million on Saturday night for his Nuggets game. So my winner of the week is NFL Rage. Guys, I'm curious to see if when the, the Christmas Day falls on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, is the NFL going to have a game on Tuesday and Wednesday? I believe they will. I believe they will make it happen. When you get twenty-five freaking million dollars, I think that's what happens. I think it's that's you the could case add there. in an extra bye week with the seven with the eighteen weeks in the schedule yeah. now. Somebody will do. I mean, there's no way the the Titans and Cowboys were happy to play a Thursday night game last week. So you know, somewhere they have to make sacrifices. 
So I don't and we're know. watching all these horrible Thursday night games. You don't think you're yeah. gonna watch yeah. some Christmas games on Tuesday? Of course we <laughs> yeah. are. Everybody got a few, everybody got a few beverages, right? A little couple cold ones hey. there with the family argue, right? That's all the good stuff there. So my winner of the week, I had to get that in there. I forgot NFL ratings. All right, now sorry about that. Loser of the week here. Sometimes the best part of the podcast. Loser of the week. Who do you got throughout? <laughs> well, I, before I get to that, to be fair to the NBA, I don't start really watching detailed NBA until Christmas time. Yeah. NFL is getting into the to the cream of the crop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of different schedules. But anyway, my loser of the week is the Ravens. I think they have messed up everything this year with the whole Lamar Jackson thing. You should have been sold. We're either going to go all in and take our chances or we're not. It's been a catastrophe. The teams look like horrible crap. Now you put yourself in a spot where you might not even win the division, which we thought was a lot. Now you're going to have a harder team to play in the first round instead of a home game that Lamar could come back and maybe get some confidence from the home crowd. I think their season's over. And then after the season's over, it's going to get worse because I don't think they're going to re-sign Lamar and then the fan base and everything's going to go into turmoil. What do you got, Jamie, for loser? I think that's a great call too. I think that's I, or I had the Ravens down as one of my uh, as losers of the week as well, uh, for sure. What do you got, Jamie? It's ironically enough the Colts, the team that moved from Baltimore initially, because <laughs> uh, have you guys seen the stat since halftime of the Vikings game? They've been outscored ninety-six to seventeen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, ninety. I mean, ninety-six with that thirty-nine points. Yeah, man. Yeah. They get they they gave up thirty six in the second half of that Vikings game and then have gotten beaten consistently by twenty eight to thirty five the last two weeks of the season. Those, those so, are players making business decisions, not tackling as hard out there. That's what it sounds like to me. You're talking about the Colts team that beat the Chiefs, lost the yeah. Eagles by one, and yeah. beat the Chargers too. Yes, yeah. correct. At, at one point, yeah, before they fired um, Frank Reich, they were three two and one, and and right there for the AFC South, they could have been. I mean, the AFC South isn't great still. It could it have been. It doesn't seem like it was that early in the season. Oh that's yeah, crazy. it was. It was way early. Remember they yeah. tied the they te- they tied the Texans, and we were like, that tie is actually beneficial. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna help. Well, that was real early. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it, you, you, you do this every week, Jimmy. You got to get lost in the season there a little bit. Where it's at. Where <laughs> there. I I had loser of the week. I got a. I don't know if it's like a loser thing, but two is head injuries. To me, they're kind of like just the whole situation there. It was, I kind of was, you know, I brought it up a few times kind of sarcastically during the year is after that head injury, you know, everybody made such a massive deal that he was back in a couple of weeks. Like I thought, you know, we thought people would do it. And then he gets hurt again. So, his head, you know, he almost, I think he has like three now on the year. Really? I, mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I heard his brother had a quote last week. It seemed like from a family standpoint, like they're like, oh, no, you can't do this or something. They just seem like their football player family. My guess is he'll be back playing next year sometime so just kind of a weird deal that whole this whole year with two and the dolphins so i'm not saying the dolphins are directly loser of the week but just that whole situation you kind of touched on it earlier somebody on this pod just a weird season from them overall Steve the, yeah they, they could be he's, loser of the week. yeah you got second biggest football. second biggest crook owner behind dan snyder's is yes. steven ross yes, uh, yes. That, that's a good call that one for sure yeah. but uh, hey before we get out of here so I just wanted to say thanks for jumping on here on uh, on talking the gridiron man. It's like I said, I've been, I've checked out your guys' podcast many times. I've seen you. We've been able to have you on there. Still, me and you are still battling it out technically in that Twitter draft too. We hey, I was number one. I didn't check. I might be one or two right now. You might be one or two. I know it's close. Yeah, you were battling. We're about battling it out there. But I, I, the one thing I appreciate you is like I could you bring this energy to the podcast game. I when, like when you're doing the show and like. Like even with the the the, uh, the belt, the jewelry, like I just love the energy. Brings up like I was really pumped when you uh, agreed to come on. I asked you in such short notice too, so 
Uh, maybe you just want to plug your show. And just again, big thanks for coming on the show today and joining. Uh, me hey, man, it's a privilege for me, man. Like I, like I told Jason and stuff all the time, people like you, you help my platform get bigger. So I'm grateful to do it. And, I, and like I said, I'm stopping what I was doing just to jump on with you guys for new for an hour. Glad to meet you. You're another one now. I'm going to be bothering you some too. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. You know, but I'm good with it. Sports Talk. We got our show on YouTube. We're on Spotify and Anchor. We do a weekly show. And then we do our Friday night raw show. We're actually in collab with some people. We're going to do a show each day of the week for different sports, uh, baseball, UFC, different kind of things. So we're working on those and still trying to do more live shows. And hopefully we'll have more times with you, Darren, and with you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Definitely. Go big, baby. Let's go. Question here real quick. Just give me a team, Jimmy, uh, or Terrell real quick, and then I'll get to Jimmy. He can kind of plug his stuff. Who do you got in the championship game for college football? We don't talk about it at all really on this show, but just real quick, you got Georgia or you got TCU? Oh, but Georgia's going to kill them, dude. All right, all right. This, this oh, okay. okay. I'm going to call this, though. Uh, Stennett will not finish the game. He's going to get pulled. He's going to be pulled. After the way the coach talked about him in the press conference, they got somebody that's ready to step in. <laughs> his fairy tale is over he did a great that, job that's great uh jimmy obviously you guys got your podcast going i think you guys uh you guys did a, loved your podcast last week the world cup you guys were on that little ring for a month there it was fun getting your guys perspective on that as well talking hockey talking football like you guys usually do uh where can we find you guys at you guys doing a show this week what's up with you guys yeah we took last week off for christmas holiday and uh kind of reset recharge um, coming back strong. We're, I'm not missing a video podcast this week, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us at FEOTB Pod. Uh, every Thursday is when our new episodes drop. We'll have one this Thursday. We'll get back into it. We'll have to talk about the Broncos and everything that happened with Hackett being fired. And Nico's guys, hopefully, I'm talking about a win tonight from my boys. Um, so we'll, we'll have an episode back this week. We'll recap a little bit of college football bowl season that's been going on. I'll figure out who's in the lead of that pick and who's going to take home the championship this year. But we got a lot of good stuff coming up for the new year, and uh, we're going to be going live a little bit more on our YouTube channel as well. So if you missed that when we did our third annual Bull Pick'em show, we will be doing live shows. If the Bengals are making the playoffs and in a deep playoff run, I'll be coming on live afterwards. No Hamburg, probably. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> the smoke alarm's right above me, so I can't smoke a cigar <laughs> down in the basement. But I'll have a few beers in me for sure because I just need to come – Calm down. If you guys saw, follow our TikTok at FEOTB Pod, I posted the video of me watching the AFC Championship last year. Those were Jack and Cokes in the first half. <laughs> I, I loosened up real quick. So we'll, we'll have some uh, post playoff lives here. Hopefully, my, awesome. my school district doesn't find those. But yeah, at FEOTB Pod, Thursdays, new episodes with wow. Nico and myself. That's all. It's a great pod, you guys. I love, it. love this podcast there. You can follow me over at Fatboy Fadeaway. We, do, we touch on a little bit of everything. Uh, there we did this pod this week, touched on the Warriors-Grizzlies matchup, talked, talked a little bit about this week, Niners-Raiders game, them being an old yeah. Oakland-Niners-Oakland-San Francisco matchup. We talked about that as well. But go check us out there over at Fatboy Fadeaway. Jimmy again uh, from ta- uh, from far to the bench, Terrell from Realism Sports Talk. Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope we can do it again here. We have you on, Terrell, maybe for the playoff punch here. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. Thank you all. Appreciate yep. it. Till then, guys. Peace. Later. All right.